0: An unsurpassed, penetrating, and perfect Dharma it is rarely met
1: with, even in a hundred thousand million Kalpas.
0: Having it to see and listen to, you remember and accept. I have vowed to taste the truth of the Tathagata's words.
1: Good morning. So, I sent out a, uh, a link to a Soto Shoe, Soto's in Soto School, Japanese headquarters, a, a, a newsletter of theirs. And uh, there were various in- interesting articles and some not so interesting. And one of the articles was a sort of an interview conversation between a woman named uh, Ayawama Roshi, and
0: uh, an American teacher, uh, I think it's Galen Godwin. Galen is the abbot of the
1: uh, Houston Zen Center, and she prefers that term to abbess, by the way. I'm trying to stop myself. I'm grabbing myself nuts trying to think of Galen's Darmanin.
0: I'm stopping. Anyway, uh, do you mind if I refer to you?
1: J- Jody, Jody emailed the, the group about it actually, saying that she had some questions she'd like to discuss it, or some concerns, or whatever. And, and so then I read it. Because I had, that wasn't one of the ones that struck me, though. I have a is actually, as far as I know, she's quite a wonderful person. And I know people that have studied with her in Japan at the uh, monastery, it's a women's monastery that she of which she's been the abbess for a long, long time. And she came to city center once and uh, since I don't speak Japanese and she doesn't really speak English, we didn't have much, we didn't really have any conversations, but I just saw her
0: interacting with people and her presence was wonderful and warm. And that conversation between the two of
1: them. I mean, it, was, it was kind of an interview by somebody or another from Shu, and Ayawama took the lead and Galen sort of followed him and... Um, I think followed the tone of what Ayawama said. Aiwama has just... Roshi has just been named... Well, not... Uh, not maybe six months ago, she was named the uh, Sado at Sojiji, which is a huge, big deal. Sojiji is, of course, a male monastery in Japan, and it is the second of our two head temples. Aheji was founded by Dogen, and Sojiji was founded by Keizan, his uh, Dharma grandson, I guess. So, Keizan is thought of as our sort of second ancestor.
0: I mean, people from Sojiji would probably not like him referred to as the second.
1: He's younger. Sojiji now is in Yokohama. It used to be more in the country. The old Sojiji, by the way, if anybody saw uh, Enlightenment Guaranteed, which I commend to you if you haven't seen it, uh, that was filmed at the old
0: Sojiji in the country. Anyway, it's now in Yokohama, and it's, it's never had a, a woman
1: leader there, as far as I know. And to say no is the person in charge of uh, training the monks. So it's one of the highest positions in the monastery. And Ayohama Roshi was a Saido of Sojinji. So that's, that was kind of the occasion for the discussion. And Galen is uh, also the, uh, the director of the international department of
0: uh, Sodo Northern Texas, California. So
1: that's also a very responsible position. That's been held by uh, an American before. It was a man. And I told Galen that I was grateful I am grateful to her for doing it. And this this uh, discussion is a good example of why, why I wouldn't want to do it. Because she was in a, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry, excuse me. she was in a position, in a subordinate position. And doing something for Solo Shu, and it would have been rude to say, what do you mean, Buddha? Just say Buddha ordained women. What do you mean? He had to have his arm twisted. I'm not going to have forced him to. But that would have been extremely good. It would be rude here, but in Japan it would have been oh my. So I'm planning. What? And I do would not want to be. In that. And uh, and Yala did not say anything. Iwama Roshi, you know, the, the interview was a lot about, you know what about you know women? And, and they're both saying, oh, it's fine. And and uh, for example, Iwama Roshi said, well, there's no difference. Who ordained women? And I, I'm reading this, <laughs> this started coming out of my ears because we don't know what happened. He did ordain women. The story is that his his, uh, aunt, I guess, the woman who raised him, his mother died a week after he was born, and he was raised by her sister. So is actually was aunt.
0: Anyway, she came to him and asked to be ordained, and I think she had some
1: other women with her, and he refused. He said, it'll be, you know, you won't be accepted, it'll be just in just to our... This back in in a time in India, and before the common era, era, about 500 years or so, and where women were owned by
2: their fathers, brothers, husbands, whatever. Mary? Yes. Excuse me. We're having trouble. The sound got watery kind of again, as has happened before. Could somebody maybe please move the mic
1: or? It isn't about moving the mic, Kate. The mic is perfect. It's about how it's how it's uh, set up. The mic catches me when I'm halfway down
0: the hall. So. That be we can turn it off there was a very
1: distinct point okay, where how's that is that better it is with you right there <laughs> I, I can't hear you Kate. Okay? um can
2: you hear me now can anybody hear me yeah we can hear you
0: is it better Okay. Yes. Thank you. It just sometimes gets switched from
1: from the computer to the mic. This is a great microphone, and I, I don't want to turn it around because it has this blinking blue light
0: that's very distracting. Whoops, that's good. You know,
1: I just, I started to say, uh, where was I in my rant? And, I don't
2: know, but I heard you say something that would have been.
1: No, no, I, I, I was thank you. I, I know where I was, but it wasn't, it's not a rant. You know, and I, what I realize is that when I'm talking about something really close to my heart, I've told you this before, in my family. You could never say, "Oh, I'm so moved by this." You, you had to, you made a joke. So when I have the inclination to make a joke, I know, "Oh, I really care about this."
2: You, Mary, you said something that would have been some something I missed. It something oh, it that would have been well, really. he really be.
1: went to the Buddha and asked to be ordained, and he said no. And then he went, you know, he used to sort of go from place to place, right, and hang out for a while. And she followed him with her, with some of her followers, the women. And again, they asked to be ordained, and again he said no. And Ananda heard this because Ananda was his attendant and was always with him. And after Buddha turned them down a, a, a second time, Ananda went to the Buddha and said, Hey, can women be enlightened the same as men? And the Buddha said, Yes. And Ananda said, You think they're sincere? And Buddha said,
0: Yes. And Ananda said, Then why don't you ordain them? And Buddha said that if I
1: ordain them, it'll set the Dharma back 500. This is, this is the myth. I don't know what's true. but. He said, it'll set the Dharma back, the good Dharma back 500 years
0: because it'll be so disturbing to the society. And Ananda said, you should still ordain them. And so the
1: next time they asked, Buddha said yes, and he did ordain them. And he gave them all kinds of extra rules, like the most senior Nun, I'll use that words good enough. The most senior nun must bow to the most junior monk. And the nuns eat after the monks and a whole bunch of others.
0: So to just say the Buddha ordained women is
1: beyond misleading. I mean I do it It hurts me, and and I am angry about
0: that because it doesn't. I don't feel. I don't feel seen when people talk like that, and I feel discounted. That's the story about Buddha,
1: and it's been true in Japan until very recently. And it was true in China that the women's monasteries were not much supported. You know that that were all supported by um, rich donors, mostly, or, and also by donations from people of moderate means. But but they especially they had patrons, like in the Zen movie. Um, anyway, the he had uh, the the. The uh, nobleman with the eye patch was his was Dogen's patron, and there wasn't that much for the women because people believed that they wouldn't get much merit for donating to women. So women's monasteries really struggled, and in Japan they. Uh, they maybe still do. They, they, they did. They, they took in orphans, partly to help support themselves because they could get donations for the orphans, I guess. And they also... I'm thinking, no, no, that's Catholic convents. Yeah, well, The convents awarded themselves often by selling cookies and stuff. And I don't remember about that. I don't know that about... These places in Japan and China. But at any rate, they were given short shrift. And there were very few women in positions of authority other than within their monasteries. And for a long time, a
0: lot of the, their teachers were men who came in and gave lectures and did the teaching. And it's changing, but it's very slow.
1: And recognizing Ayawama is wonderful. And as she said, that one thing I really loved at the end, I don't know what she meant by this or how she thinks of it, but she talked about her her history of, you know, she was the only woman in her class in Komazawa University. If she was the only woman in her and whatever that she was, uh, she was pretty much studying and working with men. And at the very end, I, she says, well, maybe maybe I've been trying to, I, I think more like a man. And I thought, huh? <laughs> yes, I bet you do, and that's too bad,
0: but you know. Um, but it was, I don't know, I don't know. You know, I'd like I'd like to
1: be able to talk about it with her, but I think I would hurt her feelings and upset her or something. But um, you know, I, I, I digressive, but uh, I know this about Mel, which is that if you asked him a question that challenged him, he'd often be kind of abrupt and his and dismissive in his response. Like towards the end of his life, he gave sort of public joke on and was on Zoom and in person, and you could. I think you signed up to ask him a question or something, and um, it was like a show song, board maybe. Anyway, I and he was clearly dying, and he had already retired or resigned as abbot and so on. But I said, I asked him if he were afraid of dying, and he said, No, no, I'm not. No, of course not. And I thought to myself, Fine. I don't buy it, but okay, I'm not going to argue with you here in public. And But then, then, that was early on in that process, and then as other, other questions, not necessarily about that at all, but as other questions came and went, you could see he was chewing on that, and he'd say a little more, or he'd say something else about it, you know, and by the end, or even like half an hour later or something, he was much more open to it. And you can see it had just been working in him. Not He wasn't working it out um, in any obvious way. He didn't say that he was chewing on it, but, and it was obvious that he was chewing on
0: it. And so that's what my idea about what might have been going on with her. And there was a lot of... I don't know. I don't remember exactly
1: because I've heard it before. <laughs> you know, a lot of talks sort of about emptiness or about uh, how we're all one and we're not really different or something, that kind of thing. And I would say, yes, and we are different. I'm a woman. My experience is different.
0: I'm a woman who was a labor lawyer and a litigator. And my experience is different, because I was one of the, when I started out, I was one of the few. And I know that it still happens in,
1: uh, Dharma circles, the meetings, that a woman will say something and a man will say it five minutes later and then people will start discussing it
0: and refer to what Ralph said. That still happens. I am not sure about how, I don't think that they talked about race or gender orientation, say. And I don't know how it is in Japan, but given that until extremely recently, if you were left-handed, they trained you out of it. I can only imagine, this is my prejudice maybe, but I can only imagine how they are about people who are, gay, or trans, or whatever, and we have these issues, and we have these issues about women, too. (coughs) The
1: San Francisco Zen Center has been a good old boys club for a very, very long time, and maybe that's changing the new incoming overall abbot. He's now the abbot of City Center, David Zimmerman. And he's soon to be
0: the overall (coughs) abbot of San Francisco Zen Center. And he is gay. And there's a woman coming
1: in to be the abbot at City Center. Or abbess, I don't know what she wants to be called. And the current abbess at Greencoach is a woman, and the incoming abbot is a man, Jiryu. And he is a straight white
0: man. <laughs> but I I'm a straight white woman. I don't like
1: cisgender, it just sounds weird to me. Maybe yeah, I, can, I can say I'm, I'm too old for that. Uh, a lesbian friend of mine said many, many years ago about me to somebody else who then refer, repeated, she said, oh, Mary is so, she's just completely straight, I can hero."
0: <laughs> it wasn't meant as a compliment, I don't think. When, there
1: was a time when the president of, all the Zen Center and uh, uh, teachers, head teachers, abbots, whatever, I don't think they were called abbots at that time, but the head teachers at all three practice places were women. So the directors were all, all women. All those very top positions were women. And some of the young men started complaining about how, oh, it's turning into a matriarchy. <laughs> and we, um, all laughed, you know. Nobody ever said, well, we did say it, but we didn't say it was turning into a patriarchy. We said it wasn't patriarchy. But I mean, that people like this young man are very, it was quite a few actually, that, you know, they never complained when the leadership was all men. Didn't even occur to them, of course, because it was just how things are supposed to be. But I've been reading a book called Just Us by a black woman she's trying to kind of spark conversations among us, mostly about race, is what she's talking about. But that, that but she's, she's sort of challenging that we really, we, we have to learn how to talk about this. And we have to be willing to look at ourselves and consider. And she she initiates here and there. She initiates conversations with white people, especially, like on a plane, she'll start talking to the white man sitting next to her. She started thinking about doing it, and it took her, I don't know how long, a year or so before she actually did it, you know, because you're going to have to sit next to this person for the rest
0: of the flight, and you don't know what you might trigger. These are difficult things for us to talk about,
1: and Jody, in her response, and I want to ask you to say whatever, I just want one more thing to say. She said, don't we need, and I'm paraphrasing, and you can tell me that I got it wrong, but one of the things she was talking about was that we don't talk about these things about um, gender and race and and, um, gender, I don't know, she didn't use the phrase gender fluidity, but whatever. Um, enough. And that, that's entirely possible. But um, one of the things she pointed out was, you know, Dovin saying in the genjo Khan, to study the Buddha way is to study the self. And to study the self is to forget the self. And to forget the self is to be actualized by myriad things. And again, I just made a jokey thing of it because that matters deeply to me. And the, but her, her point was, and I absolutely agree, is that we have to study this self, this nitty-gritty self, this self with differences. I'm white. I'm a woman. I am a highly educated woman. I am trained as a litigator woman. I get called sir all the time at the grocery store. They just glance. Now my hair is starting to get a little longer, but maybe it'll stop happening. And, and I had my ears pierced <laughs> to have earrings on. But I get called sir all the time. And, you know, they just glance at me. And a friend of mine, uh, who was a kind of dyke lesbian? Just wonderful, anyway. Yeah, she died a couple of years ago. Anyway, uh, I was complaining about this to her, and uh, and she said, "Well, you know, Mary, you have a lot of male energy." I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I walk like that, but I don't know. I don't know um, how much of that would show as I'm standing there. Um, putting my groceries under the conveyor belt thing, I don't know. But it is absolutely true that we, it isn't that, that it's just, first it's one and then the other, it's both all the time, but we can't ignore our differences. We can't ignore whatever is on each of our plates, and it's really important to support one another in this exploration. And I told you before that I uh, I always thought you know because because you can think oh Dogen means to study the self is to forget the self is to understand the oneness of all but there is no self no small self why well, yeah well I don't think so I don't think so and I asked Shohaku Okamura about this once. And I said, do you think that he also meant that we need to turn the light inwardly and and, uh, study the nitty gritty of this self? And he said, oh yes, absolutely. One of the many reasons I like him. And maybe in that process, one of the things that happens is that we do see um, the emptiness of it and we do see the connectivity of it. In other words, what my tendency to make a joke when something is close to my heart—it's not uncommon. That's not an uncommon thing. So knowing this one here, she points to herself. But this one here, I know all that kind of people. Or I get nervous sometimes when I'm at a conference with a bunch of people I don't know. I I, I
0: have. A, hesitation, say. I know most people have
1: some version of that. From studying it in this one, I know hundreds of thousands of people. So then that makes it easy for me to not take my own uh, anxiety too seriously. And to approach people knowing that uh, they may be feeling Similarly, And I might very well welcome somebody who came up, came up and sat beside him and said hi. So, you know, I sometimes say we have to live in this relative world with a mind of emptiness. With a mind that knows, deeply knows connection. But you can't go around it. We can't go around it. If I am feeling anxious in that kind of a group, I have to allow myself to physically feel it. I have to allow myself to know it. I have to give it some breath and then then go forward from there. Sometimes I go sit by myself. Not very often anymore, I guess. But still, I could or spend more time in my room or something. If I need to do that, I do it. But I don't so much need to do that anymore. It doesn't mean that I get to pretend I don't have in my
0: gut some of that anxiety still. I do. And I know that it's not just mine. But I can't know it without including feeling it myself. There's there's no, there's no like express lane around my own mishagas. So, do you say something or Um, sure. Well, first, thank you for
2: for hearing that I very quickly went this morning and responded to your email from yesterday. I didn't see until this morning. But it did, it struck me. And I also appreciated the comment end, like, oh, maybe I'd be more like a man. And then I, you know, made me think about my process in the world and my being who my sort of heroes were, or people that I kind of take more seriously at when I was growing up, and they tended to be men, and that was just the automatic training that I had. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until later that I got exposed to more information, and that I learned that first that I saw that, and, and then started to notice my implicit bias about, who had the good information who i should go to for x y and z and it was often men and i had to really take a look at how i valued women and how i valued myself <clears throat> and also as a as a queer woman and all that that encompasses and my experience of the song here is my the classes that we do it's sort of this scholarly experience or very heady sort of Learning, and but yet when I said zazen, it's not that, and um, there's all this other stuff that, that arises, and that I, you know, training myself and letting it be there, and, and then letting it pass as it needs to, but but not bypassing right the study part just to get to enlightenment. You know, I think that taking time to be with that and to recognize that some of those difficulties I had as a as a woman, or as a working class person, or as a Lesbian, those got me to where I'm at today, and to honor that experience and um, deepen to my practice, and to not be so quick to dismiss that and just try to be the perfect Zen student and like, you know, it's like the spiritual bypass, right? Like, no, I have to do that work, and um, and I can't help but look around and I do see like the 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 population of the song here and. Um, you know, in, in a work setting, I can look around and see the population that, that are there and, and I can hear the conversation and I can I sense and feel all that. Um, but it is a lot of work. I have to really be mindful, not to let it completely color or jade me, but to, to I guess, understand my position there, understand the core values that were built upon the experience of that and also willing to kind of be at ease and kind of let some of that go so that um, I can really be compassionate with other people who experience what I've experienced, you know, and not direct that hatred or that discrimination inward, because I've had that experience too when I was young. So yeah. It was a touching article for me, it really brought a lot.
1: Yeah, for me me too, it was like, it was was useful, even though Practically yelling at them
0: as I read it. yeah, and um, doing
1: that—what I sometimes call homework—really is useful. And uh, we've had varying uh, numbers of gay people, men and women, in the sort We're low in people of color and uh, and in uh, non. Cisgender people at the moment. And we all internalize that. You know, we're all, you know, racism has become this word that is so pejorative that you can't acknowledge it. So, like nowadays, if you call somebody racist, the image is, I don't know, Ku Klux Klan people shooting people of color or, or burning crosses on lawns or something. No. We all have internalized that kind of bias. We all have it. And we all, and I have, you know, I'm a sexist. And I know we can say that, no, I've internalized the oppression, or the oppression, which is true, but I need to be aware of my own bias and aware of my anger and aware of my hurt. And as I said before, as I know that, then I know yours, even though your your details may be different. So I think it's it's already almost 20 after 11. So th- 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 let's go on. If it, does anybody have anything
0: you want to share, or ask, or bring up, or whatever? Thank you, by the way. These are our numberless. I vow
1: to save them, delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them, Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them, Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it, beings are numberless. I vow to save them, delusions are inexhaustible. I
0: vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save
1: them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to enter them. Dharma gates are boundless.
0: I vow to enter them. Whether his way is unsurpassable, I vow to become it.